0: Josh Evans and I'm Liam O'Donnell and you're listening to episode 148 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks, it's so good, so good. So today on the show we have longtime friend, full time superhero, Mr. Dan Scully as our guest. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. How <laughs> are you guys, doing? See that? See that? I knew you're gonna do that. That's why I did that <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're sympathetic okay. like that. We know.
0: I know. I'm saying, man, cause you know. Well,
1: Josh, Liam, I love you guys both dearly, and I'm so excited that we're getting to do this. This is uh this has been a long time coming.
0: Well, let, let, let's start let, 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 before we get into the things that we got to thank and the things we got to say. Let's tell them what we're let's tease them with what we're doing today.
1: Okay. Skulls, go ahead. Let them know.
0: All right. Do you know so, that I refer to you as skulls to all my friends
1: at the Removery? I mean, I love the I love it. It it sounds cool. It sounds like skulls. Skulls are metal. Metal are badass. Skulls have brains. Fucking that's like, terrifying. Yeah, that's, no, where it's that's at. you, baby. That's you. Oh, right yeah. on. Yeah, some some people go scully, I get skulls, I get Dan, I get Danny, I get Daniels, usually from the <laughs> older crowd. It's really just uh, I run the gamut of my name and I love it. And sometimes I get Agent Scully, which is has not lost its novelty on me. It's I appreciate fun. when people go, Oh, like Data Scully and I go, Yes! <laughs> this is, this is so cool. It's a bonus feature in life. But uh, so yes, today we are going to be talking about vengeance. We're going to be talking about justice. We're going to be talking about a couple iterations of my man Batman.
0: <laughs> my man Batman should be the next one. I really <laughs> love the concept of like a you know a bully protector. It's my yes. man Batman, Daniel
2: Daniel Scullingsworth. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Tell That's us quiet. tell us really quick about your relationship with Batman. Are you a Batman Stan?
1: oh huge batman stan i one of my earliest memories in life was in 1989 when batman came out and i was five at that point and my parents very correctly knew that that was probably not the best movie to show me because it's, it's pretty scary. But my dad managed to borrow the Adam West Batman movie on VHS from one of his coworkers, And he brought that home for me. And it was solid dad move. So love you, dad. And that implanted a Batman loving me forever. And I've just always kept up with it since then.
0: I also like the idea that your dad would be listening to CinePunks and he hears you tell him that you love him on CinePunks, and he's like, you know what, man? This shit is
3: great.
1: <laughs> he's not the type to say it to my face, and so, because he, he shows his love in different ways. He's a very, very old-fashioned like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if he hears it through this, that would be great. Every once in a while, like, when he's... Uh, you know messing around with his phone in the car checking out like spotify he's not a he's not a subscriber, but he has you know he has it there i have noticed both i like to movie movie and hot property in, in his history a little bit so I think like sometimes he does follow it even if he's if it's not really his thing, so that's a nice little thing, so maybe. Maybe he will hear it, and I think he'll that's, love it.
2: That's a good segue, because what we didn't do was actually tell people the other thing. We should start <laughs> with your credits here, Dan. Though, honestly, you're cool enough, people should just accept that you're on the show because you're our friend. But you, oh, also, you. but you also do cool things that we want people to know about. What are some of the cool things that you do, sir?
1: Well, I write about movies, and yes. I do that at findy.com. I do that at moviejohn.com. I do it on my own website, scullyvision.com and uh i also have the uh i like to movie movie podcast which is at movie mm-hmm. movie cast i uh have uh the hot property podcast which is at hot property pod on all of the things and uh yeah so shout out steve my co-host there and uh, and i like uh, going to the movies and hanging out with you guys i like to chill you know
2: chilling that's what we do that's what we do josh are you a batman stan would you yes. consider yourself a Batman head? Yes,
0: unequivocally yes, yes. Mm. Love the Batmans. Mm. Mm. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's right. I love all of it. All the books,
1: all the movies.
0: <laughs> I mean, Question. I can't say that I love all the movies, but like no, you know, no.
1: what's the I longest like period in your life where you didn't have an item of Batman sleepwear? Oh man cuz I, I don't think, think I've ever had a period where I didn't have at least one t-shirt or sweatpants or something that had some sort of Batman branding on them.
0: I think I have flannel pants with Bat logos on them. There you go.
2: Flannel. I don't own, <laughs> I don't know, own anything Batman. The last thing I owned that was Batman was a neon green wallet that was made available when the first movie came out and that was my wallet for a long time and then when I stopped using it, probably when I was like 15 or something. I then put it away with like uh you know I had like a box of things that I didn't have any use for but I didn't want to get rid of the mm-hmm. wallet was in there but then what eventually happened was someone else I knew was enough of a Batman person that I thought oh you will appreciate this and I gave them the wallet um I am not a Batman fan Though I will say that's in comparison to the other other major superheroes in the past, I've gotten very spicy with my Batman haterade, and someone pointed out that I can't really say he's the worst because there's so many dumb, ridiculous side superheroes. Like there are so many superheroes that show up for like one issue of a comic, and you go, "That guy's never coming back." Like there's no way yeah, yeah. that idea doesn't fly. So I mean, of the major important characters. He's not even really my least favorite because DC has some real cornballs. But of the, of the ones that I feel like deserve my respect, I find him the most annoying in a lot of ways. Um, because I just think that like the appeal of the character for me is what we got. Well, spoiler, what we're going to be talking about, we get in this new movie, which is him as a detective. But some of the people who've written him are not smart enough to write good detective stories. So instead what we get is just a moody rich man who likes to beat up poor people. And that is less my jam, you know? So like detective Batman, I'm like, yeah, it's cool. He's smarter than everybody. I mean, that's why the, be- some of my favorite Batman stories is when he's facing off against someone who's more powerful than him,
1: because if Can it's you give a- an example, like what's a really good detective Batman story.
2: Oh man. Uh, I really like. Yeah. I like
1: hush. Um, that's one I've not read.
0: Oh, uh, it's Jim Lee too.
1: I know know, I love Jim
0: Lee.
2: He was my X-Men guy. Well, and yeah, and uh, honestly, it's been I'm just not like a Batman head like that. Like the appeal of a character for me is the idea of him as a detective um and so i like that aspect of this movie although in the end there well we'll get there but there's definitely a few moments where i was like man i wish he could call someone else to come help in this situation
1: <laughs> a robin of sorts
2: yeah uh i was more thinking his super powered friends would have been Fair helpful enough. in Fair some enough. of these scenarios uh but you know that's not where the movie was so it wouldn't have made sense but a- anyways th- the part of the character that i like that i think a lot of people like is in a world of supermen or superwomen here's a dude who's just like a dude, right? And I think that appeals to a lot of people because it makes him seem brave and stuff. But I'm like, if you have the kind of money that Bruce Wayne has, you're basically a superhero, honestly. Like, he can literally do anything he wants. And I kind of wish sometimes he would decide to do other things than what he decides to do. But I think, honestly, that's partly what this movie is about, and it made it really interesting. Okay, we should, though, instead of focusing too much on giving away what we're going to be talking about the episode we should thank people before we get into our feature or not our feature our uh topic of discussion well i was gonna say our special segment that we do every episode but before that we need to thank some people josh who do we need to thank
0: we need to thank our patreon subscribers for uh just sticking with us man and giving us your money we really fucking appreciate that shit man like that is some real ass stuff. Like, you know, we're 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 not the most regularly recording dudes. No, know what I'm saying? We're trying. We're trying, but life is life, right? And Liam's got a kid, and we're we're separated from Chicago to Philadelphia, and it, it's just there's a lot. I got a new gig. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's things to be done. So the fact that you stuck with us and that you still give us the money that you've earned is really does mean a whole lot to us. Yes. and thank you so much to every single person that's even thought about giving us money to keep this party going
3: yeah
2: yeah it's it's you know there are costs everywhere whether it's hosting the uh the files for the whole network whether it's paying for the website that we record on whether it's you know occasionally we need new equipment and stuff there's just all these costs and it would be impossible for us to keep doing what we're doing if we didn't have the support of our patreon folks so um you know it, it, it there's no way for us to express our gratitude other than trying to do the show as much as we can. And I want to mention really quick sending out t shirts. Um, if you're someone who still hasn't gotten a cinnapunk shirt and you want one, hit us up. I will try to get you one as soon as possible. I know I owe a couple people a shirt. So look for them in the mail soon. Uh, speaking of shirts, we want to thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley apparel creations. Uh, Chris reject. We love you. We love the work that you do. And we think that you, the listener will love it as well. Whether you, whatever it is you have to put on a shirt, your softball team, your D D group, <laughs> your, uh, anarchist collective whatever it is you need to get that shit screen printed at lehigh valley apparel Creation. Says x lvac
0: uh, tell uh tell chris that cinepunk sent you too yes
2: please do also uh josh um what if folks uh would desire a quality uh coffee or tea for their home
0: funny you should ask liam we also want to give a big up and a shout out to our man's aaron Dalbeck. Who does Essex coffee roasters for the finest in brewed coffees and teas, including T-shirts. Oh, sick. But um, <laughs> yeah, now he's Aaron's the best. Uh, you might know him from his bands. He played in Bane. He played in Converge. And now he's currently playing in Be Well. One of the greatest dudes I know. And my man is a hell of a player. Hell of a musician, but hell of a person, too, which is what's important to us here at Cinepunks. And uh, he makes amazing coffee that has been destigmatized from the bourgeois coffee culture that happens to be running that particular scene. So, you know, Aaron wants good coffee to be accessible to everybody, and he makes it easy by making awesome coffee that's affordable. But uh, if you needed 10% off of your your package that you purchased from Essex Coffee Roasters, you can also put Cinepunks, C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, in a checkout and get 10% off. And it sends a message to Aaron that uh, him sponsoring us isn't a bad idea. And also that, uh, you know, uh, he rules. And that we rule. I'm actually going to do
1: that. I need to get new coffee. So I'm going to enter Cinepunks at checkout (laughs) and get a discount. 10%. C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. We yeah, also- I gotta say to the listeners, I have been going through a t-shirt purge lately, and Ooh. Cinepunks t-shirts always survive the purge. Yeah. Not just because they are fashionable, but because of all of like the cool t-shirts that I get, they are by and large the most durable.
3: Yeah, <laughs> t-shirts <laughs> fall I apart. I agree. I agree.
1: I fluctuate in weight, so they fit me different things. So many things happen to my shirts. It's a traumatic life to be a Dan Scully shirt, and the Cinepunks survive it with class. So anything you can do to connect t shirts to yourself from what they were saying, you should do.
2: We also want to let you know this episode, and honestly, most of our episodes over the past what now, year, Josh, year and a half, Just have about. been edited by our friend Sharky, who uh has a company called Mechanical Shark Media. Mechanical
0: Shark Media. Shark Media. Look him out on on the internets, on the interwebs. They
2: are the editor. I say they. He is the editor of this uh, podcast, this episode. He's the editor of Horror Business. uh, And he's available for your editing, recording, video production, um, sound production, prop and puppet making. They do everything there. It's really like a uh a wholesale media shop where you you know you need to make a music video for your band you need to shoot something for a commercial you have questions about how to live stream an event you want someone to do uh props and puppets for something that you have going on they can handle all of these needs uh and honestly uh sharky's not just edited our podcast at times he's produced us and helped us improve our sound and mm-hmm. and uh you know uh,
0: not I, only that, Sharky's a co-host on my other show, that's true. Showtime with Sharky and Josh, which will be coming back
2: eventually. That's true, but I, I don't know if you hit up Mechanical Sharky. And I know
1: Sharky, he's fun to watch a movie with. Yeah,
2: he's great. <laughs> uh, if if you if you go to uh if you find them on on Instagram, Twitter, facebook wherever uh at mechanical shark media i don't know that sharky will help you host your show but he can at least help you edit it and shoot it so uh hit them up they they are you know 100 percent now one of our sponsors because we just appreciate the work that they're doing to bring this episode to you and make it sound good uh and i'm gonna have to get used to saying they because sharky's a good friend and i just want to say him but it's a whole it's a whole company now you know yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, exactly okay that's all that's all the thank yous We need to transition to our regular segment, the name of which always eludes me.
0: It never, ever escapes my mind, despite having done it 147 times before now. You mean it always escapes your mind? What? I can't remember what what you're saying to me. I can't remember (laughs) what you're saying to me. (laughs) Yo, I drank so much coffee today that I could talk to electricity, and I still can't remember shit right now.
1: Oh, I wow. had a very heavy coffee day as well, and I don't yeah, know why. Boy. It was in the no. air, and I was I'm, like jacked
0: up. I'm drinking, <laughs> I love I'm, it
2: though. I'm drinking coffee right now, but I don't think. Oh, I Oh no! But it's that's only, a poor choice. It's only my. I'm third having
1: my cups. first beer in a few weeks to counteract the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Jenna and I wow. danced to like yacht rocket on my lunch break because I was just caffeinated and I wanted to shake our cat. As well, so, you
0: should Scully. It was a great as lunch. Well you should. A yeah, that sounds awesome. You know what else sounds awesome, Scully? What? Our segment that we're were about to do now that I didn't start to say until Liam started talking. I know. See, that's why you gotta listen to people. I thought you were doing it. I'm sorry, I was talking to Scully. I was talking to Scully just now, Liam. You're a real motherfucker. See, See, Scully, that's why you gotta talk to you gotta listen to people when they talk to you. You know what I'm saying, bro? Anyway. Uh, Yeah,
1: I'm trying to be better at listening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna do a little segment that we like to call Scully. You gotta say it with us? Sure. (sighs)
3: Yeah, on track!
2: I'm gonna learn I'm gonna learn insults in your
1: mother tongue just to hurl <laughs> them at you on the show. <laughs> <inaudible> oh my god I would I would pay money to hear that you should make that a patreon yeah
0: buddy. 100% I would track Liam like if
1: talking- you get enough patreon it's got to be it's got to be like you know like a defunct line it's got to be something crazy like crazier and crazier languages like or, crazy, no, just, rare, like,
0: like, just hearing Liam being like uh, Patang a Patanganamo. My name is Liam O'Donnell. You know what I mean? Like that would be amazing.
1: What's this, what did you just say? You. What, what did that mean? It's
0: nothing, Scully. Don't worry about it, man. Oh, Don't worry about it, bro. Yeah, it's cool. Ask your Scully, friends that are darker Scully. than a paper bag. What? Scully. Oh. That's Scully. What
2: Scully. <laughs> Scully. Do you want to go first, second, or third?
1: Um, I'll go. I'll go. You know what? Rock and roll. I'll go first. What's up? Right, what have you done lately that is either whack
2: or on track?
1: Whack or on track. What the funniest oh, shit man. is
0: we did this with Ob and he didn't know which one was good or bad. <laughs> <Remember that>? Fuck <laughs> like yeah. Whack and on track. Which one's the good one? I love Ob. Big up Ob if you're listening.
1: I um I had uh, actually and Josh, you were part of this. I had a day that was that was like really whack that was brought back on track by good times. I, I had food poisoning last week, which was so wet. Yeah. And I called out of work because I didn't sleep all night and I never call out of work. I don't, I don't like doing that. And, uh, I tried to sleep during the day and couldn't do it. And then I had to go to a, a, a long dark screening that night. But, uh, it was, a. Uh, I ended up staying awake through the whole thing, and part of that was because I was feeding off of Josh's infectious energy. <laughs> For real. Uh, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were eating the chicken. You, we were chatting. We were sharing wardrobe tips. It was, it was totally electric, and so I was having a very whack day, and then it got back on track and stayed on track, and then I got to go to bed. It was a total win. <laughs> net gain, win. It was a net, it. net gain at the end, Like, and, and here I am telling the story, so now it's immortal. <laughs>
0: You know, it's funny. Okay, so that, well, no, go ahead, Scully. Anything else that you got that's on track and or whack other than Um, bodily illness? Have you seen anything else or listened to anything else or done anything else that's been amazing and or not so much?
1: I'll tell you what. I watched something that was totally on track the other day. I, I, For some reason, Chatter popped up on Twitter about a movie from the 80s called Miracle Mile.
3: Oh. And
1: I put it on just thinking Alright this is like a passive thing And it's like the best movie I've watched in a very long time it was, What's it about?
0: So Why do I know this word These words
1: uh, Well first off it is a Tangerine Dream score And there's a general mm. rule in world That if Tangerine Dream is involved The movie can't be all bad and so I didn't expect that going in. And as soon as their name popped up in the credits, I was like, ah, right on. This will be good. It stars Anthony Edwards and Mayor Winningham. Anthony Edwards is a traveling salesman, I believe, that's in Los Angeles. And he meets Mayor Winningham. He's a romantic, and he finds this girl who's perfect for him. And he's supposed to meet up with her later that night but he accidentally intercepts a phone call from a missile silo uh, that basically says Los Angeles is going to be nuked out of existence within an hour. So it's this intense romance over the course of an hour that's like light and cheeky and fun, but it's also dark and tragic. And it was it was supremely moving and, and enjoyable, and I haven't stopped thinking about it since. It was on <laughs> track. It's amazing. Yeah, I, have to I, lo- it, I mean, loved it. It's on Tubi. You can watch it if you want to put up with two or three commercials. It's totally free on Tubi. So uh, please check it out. I, I And I'm pretty sure that at one point, Anthony Edwards is actually playing trombone and doing it quite well. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but it looked like it to me. Uh, so I was impressed. The Top to bottom, just fantastic. And it was a great Tangerine Dream score. It, it reminded me a little of Sorcerer.
0: That's amazing. I love yeah. Sorcerer.
2: On track. Yeah, I love rules. I feel like I feel like they scored so many movies that one of them has to be bad, but I couldn't find one. I just did a quick search, like, come on, one of these is bad. But I don't. know. I guess
1: people would argue Dune, but I really like Dune. I love Dune. So I don't.
2: You know. I don't love it, but I wouldn't classify it as bad.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like I respect it so much more than I enjoy it.
2: I guess oh, people I also. It. I think but there are people enjoyable. who wouldn't like Legend or Firestarter. I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm reading Firestarter right now on track.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I I love the book. I mean, the, the thing about the movie is that it's not good, but it has enough elements from the book that I still appreciate it. But if someone's like, oh, I hate Firestarter, I'm not like offended. I'm like, yeah, OK, yeah, I get it. But it's just it's too nostalgic for me. And I've and never fact actually that, seen it. I, I uh, plan to watch you it see after that they're I finish remaking it.
1: That's why I picked up the book. I was like, yeah. I, I would like to see those because I'm a big King fan, and frankly, I I think Efron is pretty darn good. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to read the book. I'll go through the whole thing. So, I like yeah, to think that you're on a project. sports team with both of these writers because that's how you refer to them by their last name. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm or talking maybe... about Zach Efron, the star of the new <laughs> oh, Firestone. I, I know, I know, I yeah. know. I just
0: like that you call him Efron. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. He's a he's a
2: old lefty. I uh, I I I really much like the book. I feel like it the the thing about the book is that it makes me think of like weird conspiracy stuff. We've talked about this mm-hmm. before, Josh, right? Like, or w- maybe it was on harvest. Do we ever talk about scanners on this show? No. Oh man. The, the part in scanners where the men and shotguns come to kill all the scanners, oh, it just yeah. just makes me think of Firestarter or it makes me think of like weird eighties cl- like there's just like something ET. about no, man, you're that's the wrong vibe. That, oh. It's fine. It doesn't matter. You're thinking of like you're thinking that's like official. That's like NASA. I'm talking about a man in a puffy vest, sunglasses and a shotgun. Oh. Um,
3: you
2: know, what yeah. I mean? he doesn't show you a badge before he shoots you, but you know who fucking sent him. OK, you know? so
1: what I, I just got up to the scene at the farm, which is like yes. the first real blast out. Yeah. And that was one of the things that struck me is that almost like nobody even thought to ask for a badge it was just no. they showed up and it was on and it was very scary and
3: they're
2: from the uh, i mean no it's one... very well written yeah no 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 yeah they're yeah, from yeah. the shop yeah the shop that's better i like the shop as a euphemism for the the parts yeah. of the government yeah okay uh hey anything else dan whacker on track
1: uh no i i honestly like after what was like kind of a whack year things have been pretty on track at least personally so i got nothing whack to report i'm feeling pretty good
3: okay okay uh everything's
1: on track of... and, and i'm just i'm beside myself with happiness to be talking to you guys right now
2: oh i love it i love it <laughs> yeah Josh, liam
1: yeah. i have missed you
2: oh i miss you too buddy
1: yeah I've, I've, we've only interacted through like i've read your tweets yeah that's a bad way to interact
2: with me. I'm always It's a bad
1: way to interact with anybody.
2: No, that's right. That's right. Josh, are you? do you want to go or do you want me
0: to go?
1: I'll go.
2: Oh, okay. Go ahead.
0: So uh, on track, I just participated in the Philadelphia Villain Arts Tattoo Convention, which turns out if you show up in a tracksuit covered in toucans and tigers... Everyone wants to be your friend. Yeah. Did you know like that, that
1: shit I is like that. that shit is fabric sex right there?
0: I had no idea. I just did it because I thought it was funny. And <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, y'all. Like, okay, so everybody knows Joey likes doing conventions, right? I've done New York Comic-Con, I've done Chicago C2E2, you know, it's cool. And I've done multiple tattoo conventions, but with artists, never with the removery. This is my first time working with a, a company. You know what I mean? And like it's just funny because like the whole time I was just goofing off. Like I did the work. I built the the room. You know what I mean? Like I helped with doing the thing. Sure. Part, sure. Of, part of the gig is that you have to do outreach and network with tattooers, which a convention of tattooers is where you would do that kind of thing. It's cool. That said, we worked with a bunch of people from Texas and Australia. Like the boss from Australia was there. You know what I mean? And um, there were two graphic designers that came from Austin and, um, one of the main uh, like shareholder people, this dude named Jeff, he was there and he was there from Austin as well. It was like a bunch of people like big heads that could fire me on the spot. Right. And um, I didn't get fired. I just walked <laughs> around and I talked to a thousand tattooers and I got a bunch of cards and uh, it got to me. Like I hung out with Mike panic who worked at go tattoo removal in Allentown and is now part of the uh conglomerate as well. And, um, It was just pretty fun, man. I don't know. Like, I just, you you ever just be somewhere where you're like, I really just like this atmosphere? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Conventions is that for me. I love conventions. I just like being in a convention, sitting behind a table and talking to people about just shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. If I
1: were a businessman, and I'm not, but if I were. I would want a guy like you doing exactly that just so that all those cards get out. And all those cards get out with a smile. And you come back with a bunch of cards. Dude, they probably loved every like that's fun and it's money.
0: It was ridiculous, Skulls. Let me tell you, man. Like I got a 20 pack of donuts from Bylus. <laughs> oh
3: and then, hell yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got that and I got a whole bag of uh vegan cookies and um, vegan cupcakes because some of us are are plant-based you know what i'm saying yeah but the thing is the convention made the rule that you can't bring any food or any um drinks in i (gasps) i I put up a fight i'm not gonna lie to you i was like but 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 lady i just bought 20 dollars worth of donuts (laughs) you know what i mean and she she called me baby she's like listen baby Just put it in your backpack and we'll pretend I didn't see it, all right? (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I just managed to sneak all the donuts and then a whole thermos of coffee and a whole Nalgene filled with water into the convention. And I got there and all the Texans were upset because they didn't have food. And I was like, but don't worry, guys, who brought you donuts? Joey brought you donuts from the Amish, from the Amish at Reading Terminal. You're welcome. That's that's the baller move right there. It was hilarious, Liam. You would have laughed so hard. There was, I bought a pinky ring. There was just a I got a tattoo. The whole thing was just a nutty time, man. I did get recognized. Oh, a gentleman, while me and Dustin, um, Dustin's one of the bosses from Buffalo, we were walking around and a dude was like, Hey, man, are you in cross keys? And I was like, Yeah. And I looked at Dustin. I was like, Why, yes, I am in cross keys, sir. I'm very famous. That's amazing. And then I got podcastized as well, where a gentleman told me that he listens to Cinepunks and Uh, His name is Chris, and he's like, we follow each other on the internet, but I don't think I've ever met you, but I just want you to know, I listen to Sin Funks, and I love you guys. Love it. Oh, hi, Chris. I love it. And that happened uh, in front of uh, one of my my homies, Tyler, who's also from Austin, and uh, the young lady, Sam, who's from Austin. And so I had to just be like, I think I might be famous, guys. Boy. Well,
1: Chris, Sam, if you like Cinepunks, you will love I Like to Movie Movie. It is available at Movie Movie at all of the places out. you find podcasts. We talk movies. You we grab st- coattails. This is what we do. Look
2: at you, look at you trying it's to steal industry, our like man. 100 listeners
1: away. I'll take anything I can get. Listen, guys, this is not a zero-sum game. You can listen to both Cinepunks and I Like to Movie Movie. And if you've got time on your plate, you can check out Hot property at Hot Property Pod. <laughs> wherever you find your podcast, I want Cinepunks listeners. I want you to know.
2: Anytime you're listening to not a Cinepunks property, I cry a little bit. I can, I can feel it. I can feel you listening, and, and I cry just the, and I didn't a lot. Just a little, if you just subscribe a little bit. to.
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> no man, I don't want you to cry. That's oh, awful. Man. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, so,
0: TaddyCon was on was on track. I had a lot of fun. There was a lot of like weird moments. It was it was pretty brutal. Uh, I don't know. You know, it's funny. Uh, I've worked Comic Con a bunch of times with Mark Beamer and Nathaniel Shannon. They're my boys. And every single year we've done it, we've had to carry a foam floor with us because you don't want to be standing on that convention cement all day. And uh, I talked a lot of shit. I'm like Beamer, why do I gotta carry this goddamn floor everywhere? And then this time we did it with no floor and my feet just stopped throbbing today. So use that floor, y'all use that floor. So, um, that was, um, on track and, um, I got to watch Batman with Scully. So after what happened was on day setup, the first day, the Thursday I had to get, uh, Dustin and I were the only people that did the setup. And then afterwards, Dustin was like, yo, I need to eat something ignorant tonight. Like, let's make it fucking fun. And so I took him to Bonchan and we ordered 20 wings for the two of <gasps> us. My man Dustin ate two of them. One and was, donut. He <laughs> he ate two wings and then was like, I gotta go to sleep. And then he paid for everything <laughs> and like dipped. So I had like 18 wings of me and I was like, shit, I gotta go to this movie. So I put them all in my backpack and I was like, all right, listen, this backpack is roll top, it's sealed, no one's gonna know. I told Scully I had, ch- I had chicken in my backpack. I thought I was good. But then you leaned over, you're like, yo, Josh, that chicken smells amazing. <laughs> and then I had this moment where I'm like, it's a three-hour movie. If Scully can smell the chicken, I'm just going to eat it. So then I ate chicken wings while watching The Batman's.
1: Dude that's living man It smells also great if untracked. I didn't have food poisoning I would have been like yo you gotta pass me one of them wings It smells <laughs> like heaven
0: Scully I 100% when you are of full strength I will take you to on and blow your goddamn mind
1: I cannot wait I cannot wait I Fucking love me some love fried chicken
0: <laughs> So yeah so that's I got Nothing Nothing wack to report everything's fine <laughs>
1: Alright Let me get I have
0: a list I actually made a list this
1: time <laughs> wow. I have some grievances to air Oh, I also got one more thing. i on track. I want to cool. give. I want to give a
0: shout out to my man Robert Newsom, who hit me to oh, a yeah. band called Ernest Owl because he heard us talking about comfort synth and Tiny Mouse oh, okay. last episode. And he told he sent me the Bandcamp page to Ernest Al, which I purchased immediately, immediately. I, well, no, I waited till Bandcamp Friday, Liam, because I'm you know of the people. Yeah, and uh, it's super fun.
2: Shout out to Robert because he was tweeting his incredulity that that new Batman is a whole three hours. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you, man. I feel you. I understand, a, but it's... but it's good. It's a good three hours. Just you just got to do it. You just got to do it. Okay.
1: Wait, uh, can I pop something in here real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh, you made a dream come true for me at that screening. Um, for for do? months now, I have been looking for a new watch, and mm. I I always compliment people's watches because I was it was just of of my interest because I was looking for a watch, and I never really thought anything of it, and then. Uh, I was gifted a watch uh, by my girlfriend on Christmas because she had noticed I was complimenting watches, which already blew my mind. And so I was wearing this watch and just feeling good about it. And ever since Christmas, I've been wearing that watch every day. And you were the first person that was like, "Whoa, what a nice watch!" And let me tell you, that filled my heart with joy.
0: Scully, you—it was a my dream come joy. true. And it's a beautiful it all came together. watch, bro. It's a beautiful watch. I'm just saying. Thank you. It was just God one of those moments gorgeous.
1: where I was like, you know what? The world's crazy, but life can be lovely. It all came together, <laughs> and it was just because two nice people decided to be nice to me. What the <laughs> hell? Like, who? Are you crazy? And it was just, it was really, it brought full circle a moment. And when I was having such a bad day, you were like, what a baller watch? I was like, it is, is a baller watch. <laughs> <laughs> <This is amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like chicken in here and Batman. So oh, this is a bad. <laughs> So thank you, uh,
0: Scully. I fucking love you, bro.
1: No, I love you too, bud. Ah oh, man,
0: Liam, go ahead. What have you got, buddy? What's all on right. your list? All right, all right. right. <laughs> so I, I haven't I
2: haven't got to watch a ton of movies lately, but I did see. Uh, finally, got to see Licorice Pizza. Oh, um, I still haven't seen it. What'd you think? I liked it a lot. I think that um, you know. Uh, there's so many co- people have concerns, Josh. They have concerns about the movie, mm-hmm. and I want to respect the concerns. But for the most part, I just wasn't feeling it. Like I, I think the movie's just really great, uh, and I, I don't know. I was, I was sold on it. I had a good time. I liked the pacing. I liked the story. Uh, I liked the performances. I really love the 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 young Hame lady as uh basically a a a charming terrible person. She's just not a great person. <laughs> and that's like what the movie's kind of about to some extent. And I like that. Um I will say, you know, I, I don't the the one concern that people have, I was kind of like I don't see it. I don't know why people are worried about it. That's the age difference. Um uh, but I I I think people kind of are reading the ending in a way that like isn't necessarily a bad way to read it, but I more had the graduate on my mind, you know? Mm,
0: just uh, that open ended ending, like of just like questioning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would
1: agree. I, I, I'm not I, even so much open-ended. It's just it's yeah. it's I, I think it, it I, never I, resolves in, in any sort of way, so it just doesn't I, exist. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil
2: it for you, so that's why I'm just Yeah. Saying, I'm, I i do not want to say how it reminded me of the graduate Josh, because that would be a spoiler. All I'm gonna mm. say is there is a there is something that's said that I think turned the movie in a direction for people that made them not happy. Mm. And,
0: and I did don't you like it, Skulls? Were you in it?
1: I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. And the the reason why I think I was able to skip past a lot of the issues and like i've heard some things about some other elements actually one that i would love to hear your aspect on but i'd rather you go in blind yeah so i won't bring it up um but uh when i was 15 i would crush so hard and it was one of those things that that i've always seen captured in movies in like i can't hardly wait kind of way yes. which is fun yes. but this actually felt like i was like oh man i i forgot what it was like to be 15 for a minute yeah. And I always promised myself I wouldn't forget how it was to be young. And, and then it, it seems I just have forgotten that nature. And this movie like brought back a feeling of being 15 that I'd never thought would ever be my window into that sort of thing. And I just love PTA. So it's his brand. So like, it, I, yeah. I'm really over the moon for it. That said, I've heard a couple of criticisms that I go, yeah, you know what? I get it. Like, I, I get it. It's, the, the, you know, one, the one that
2: I think you're thinking of Scully, the only thing I heard that maybe, makes me understand it a little bit is that that's based off like a real person. Yes. Like that's, yes, that dude exactly. existed yes. and was exactly like that. Uh, but I do think the problem with doing a movie that is fictional, that's based off your real life. So you infuse it with a bunch of details is a lot of people have just been arguing about which parts of the movie are real or not. Like that's just become yeah. like a thing. And that's a distraction from the movie. I don't, I don't think it really matters. And I think um, perhaps, a little bit of context on that moment might've made it less weird for everyone. Uh, but I do think like, eh, this is one of those situations, Josh, where mm-hmm. you are going to have insight that me and Scully don't have.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Cause it's one of those things that it's a, it's kind of a long form gag that I think resolves itself in a way that sort of absolves it. That said, if someone was like, dude, that's offensive me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I get it. Like, I don't, Yeah, you I, know, it's the kind of thing that I could see someone having a problem with, but I think the movie acquits itself well. But like Liam said, it's not really, you know, my position on that is, is kind of irrelevant, so.
2: Well, and I also think this uh, this applies to the other concern, which is their age difference, which is that uh, depiction is not endorsement. I mean, earlier, yeah. earlier I was, you know, uh, uh, listening to, uh, one of the other podcasts on network twitch of the death nerve and you know they cover all kinds of fucked up exploitation films and like uh you know i don't well this is probably not true of all of those directors i know for a fact that a ton of those directors were not endorsing the behavior that they were putting in the movies that's why they thought the movies were like interesting and salacious if it, 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 that's what made the movies shocking is that they were depicting bad things uh and so i think in this case the movie seems to be about people acting in ways. Like, there's just a lot of behavior in the movie, even if it doesn't fall into... A specific category that is like bad behavior, and it just feels oh, yeah. to me like that's what the movie's about. So I don't know. Anyways, I liked it, Josh. I'll be excited to hear what you think.
1: Okay. Um, I've been bopping to the soundtrack. That yeah. song, "Stumbling yeah. in," yeah. I've been drumming to that every day. It's just so groovy. <laughs> I love it. Uh,
2: speaking of movies that could offend people, I also watched that movie, "Pleasure." You guys know about this movie? Oh,
1: I've been meaning to watch that. Uh I Yes, not I, seen it, but I know about
2: it. Yeah, yes. Uh it, For people who don't know, it's the story of a. Uh, woman moving to uh la from i think the netherlands or someplace like that i don't know all those countries run together for me and i don't care uh but the point is is that she's trying to make a start in the porn industry and so the film depicts a lot of porn without showing a lot of sexiness the few times you see things that are sex on screen they're all meant to depict the awkwardness of what it is to be a performer in the porn industry.
3: Oh, there's, there's
2: almost nothing though. There is a lot of nudity in it. There's almost nothing actually sexy in the movie. Uh, I wouldn't say nothing completely, but mostly it's not sexy and that's on purpose because it's just depicting how it can be weird or awkward or awful and exploitative. And, uh, and it really shows sort of the variety of experiences that she has as she's trying to like make it. Um, I'm not sure all of it works because I think that it would be nice to see a movie that honestly depicted the dangers of being a part of that world without getting too heavy handed. And I think this movie does an okay job, but it it definitely has a perspective. And I was a little worried when it was over, like, "Uh, was that perspective a little more than it needed? I don't, I don't know. I'm not the one to ask because uh, you couldn't, you couldn't pay me money to record my naked body. So there you go. <laughs> uh, but, but You can I pay movie... me
1: money to record your naked body. Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, no, go. but I thought it was just, I thought it was well done. I, I know it's not going to be for everyone, but if you are someone who the thought of a realistic depiction of what it's like to, be a, a performer in porn if that sounds like something you could handle I think it's well worth it I think it's well done well acted it's just not an easy watch at times there's some upsetting stuff and it's filmed in a way to make it less painful but not to take away how gross it is you know like it, it, it Old. This it, sounds it, incredible yeah I thought it was really good okay the uh, director's is, name is,
1: is Ninja That's. I've never known someone with the first name Ninja Man. Yeah, she's a. her name is Ninja. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. Is Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses in the soundtrack at all? Stop. Just just,
2: <laughs> just I don't want to I don't want to question. That was a totally I, I just, honest question. You know what? You're in timeout for 10 minutes. How about that? <laughs> uh okay. Keep keeping going. A couple of TV shows that I've really gotten into recently. I wanted to to bring up. Uh, I think I mentioned on the last episode, but I'm still pretty obsessed with that somebody somewhere show uh on hbo so it stars that comedian uh bridget everett it's really good uh it was not only does she star in it but she it's it's somewhat autobiographical about her life because it's set in manhattan uh not new york manhattan kentucky kansas manhattan kansas and that's where she grew up and it's like about someone who goes back to their hometown because their sister it has cancer, and then the sister passes away, and she's still there, and she doesn't want to leave, but she's kind of like out of place, you know? Uh, and mm. She becomes friends with a guy that she went to high school with, but she doesn't remember at all, uh, who is one of only a few people in the town who are queer and are part of this very insular queer community. And she finds herself sort of like becoming a part of that community and it's a whole thing. So it's very good. It's very emotional because a lot of her comedy is her singing about like cocks and boobs and stuff. Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, oh, the show's going to be like that. And instead Mm -hmm. it's like very emotional and very (laughs) sort of like dramatic, you know, and very honest and vulnerable about feelings of, just failure and stuff. I don't know. It's very, very so good.
0: I'm hearing no cocks and boobs. Well, yeah, but, I was going to say
1: you had me at cocks and boobs. So but the, but the, I got it. What's, what's funny is enough.
2: the character on the show is like her. If she never got famous. So oh, that's at a certain, cool. At a, wow, that's interesting. At a certain point, her friend finds her notebook of all her songs. And they're the sort of songs that she sings now as a comedian. And they are about like, you know, put the world's dicks in my pussy and all this stuff which that's just the lyrics of the song. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, wow. Uh, other shows that yeah. I, I've gotten into. Uh, have you guys seen this? Everything's all white show on Showtime. No, I no. saw an ad
1: for it, but I have not seen it. I don't have showtime.
2: It's very good. It's uh, produced and mostly directed by Sasha Jenkins. Do you know who Sasha Jenkins is? Do you guys know Sasha Jenkins? The, the name, name sounds familiar. Why, why would I know
0: Sasha Jenkins? Yeah.
2: Uh, Josh, you would probably know Sasha Jenkins as uh, the, one of the co-founders of Mass Appeal, the one who oh, grew up in yeah, the New yeah, York yeah, hardcore yeah, yeah. community, and he's friends. Mm. In fact, he's in that 1812 mm-hmm. band with Lord Izak. Right. He's in that band, right. yeah, right. So he made this show, and in fact, there's a bunch of like hardcore on. Not a bunch. I'm over. I'm exaggerating. There's some hardcore on the soundtrack to it, but it's very much just a a four part series about the history of white supremacy in America. And it's, it's very oh, wow. good. Uh, it's, I think the first TV project that mass appeal has done, that's been on a network before. Uh, and it's got a lot of just really interesting people on in it. Some funny people, a lot of smart people. Uh, I'm only halfway Is through it like a documentary or a narrative, uh, very much a documentary. Um, like, cool. like, like, but kind of entertaining as well. Like I, I want to cool. say it's funny, but, uh, I, I will admit that a lot of the humor gets, uh, lost in all of the horrible details of our history <laughs> you know so even when the show's kind of funny you might be too be- busy like being yeah, angry to be. Jing- yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so uh anyways it's it's really good i recommend it And then what, the last- what is it called again everything's all white
1: okay oh cool i'll check that uh, out
2: it's on showtime and then the last thing i want to bring up is uh you guys know on the, who sh- listen to the show a lot. I do. I we watch stuff with my daughter and we try to find stuff that we can all enjoy. Cause if not, we'll just be watching like Barbie cartoons, which are mostly torture. And are so you uh, watching
1: Taxi Cab confessions?
2: Well, <laughs> she's really gotten into baking shows recently. So we, we oh. watched all of nailed it. Like we watched all of it. Uh, and that's then, a great show. Yeah. Nailed it is really fucking funny and really good. I'm really sad that the new season is going to be delayed, but I hope that they come up with a, uh, uh deal with the union basically the union walked off the set because they've been mistreated on the show so that's not uh, fun that's um, yeah. hey, good for them, but, we'll them yeah, good for want. them yeah same uh but we've also watched other baking shows which are pretty good like crazy delicious and uh bake squad and then uh we watched the first episode of uh I think it's uh what is it called sweet something uh extra sweet sweet so I don't know what this fuck this thing's called if you go on Netflix and look up this 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 uh uh, uh, extra sweet show you'll find it the reason I bring it up is that uh, on the first episode Josh friend of the show Bubba of Hardcore Sweet and the band 100 Demons. Oh, him and his wife are on there. The cupcakes. Yeah. Ah, oh,
0: so good. That dude
2: rules. He's the best. I love, oh my I God. love him. He's I love him. I love his awesome. wife. They're so nice.
0: They gave us all those cupcakes at one time at This know, Is Hardcore. Remember know, that? We got like six of them.
2: People who've been to This Is Hardcore will know them because they had a cupcake truck. They now have a brick and mortar shop in Connecticut. If what? you're in the Connecticut area and you've never been to Hardcore Sweet, I can't recommend it enough. And they, they did not win their episode, but they made it to the end and they did what seemed to be a stellar job. I just think the people they were competing against were like fucking magicians or something. It was crazy yeah. what they were able to, do. Uh, but I had to bring it I, up. I cannot
1: find anything about sweet and Netflix. <laughs> I'm so trying off, to find I'm it to give you the remember, title. I'm doing some research. Uh, God damn I will say this. Anytime someone says brick and mortar, I just hear Rick and Morty now, and I don't even watch that show, but it's something that is always going to happen, and it kind of it kind of upsets me a little bit.
0: That's pretty funny. You're like a bro going to be asking for some weird dipping sauce from McDonald's now or something. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I've never stupid. followed the
0: show, so I don't know what that is, but it oh, God, drives me nuts because it, so it seems yeah, so dumb. But anytime so someone's like,
1: oh, a brick and mortar store, I'm like, oh, a Rick and Morty store? What's that? <laughs>
2: I, I only hear people say it because I know people who had food trucks. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like when you move from a food truck to Sugar Rush. I'm sorry. The Sugar name of the Rush. the name of the okay. show is Sugar Rush, but they have a there's a version of Sugar Rush that's like extra sweet you know because yep. they changed the rules a little bit so if anyone watches the first episode of just regular sugar rush i don't think they'll see bubba but if you find the extra sweet version he's on that first episode and it's they're just so charming they made a. they made a they their their final cake was a food truck like their food truck and i don't Aww, know they're just the sweetest awesome. i love them so i i know baking shows isn't exactly up our cinepunks alley but uh but it's Bubba, so I had to, break, I had to mention it. So
1: That's incredible. Right. I, I actually put that on my list. I love cooking shows. I'm a huge cutthroat kitchen fan, and I love chops. Yes. Oh, man. Hours and hours are wasted. So Not wasted. Prior to I, I Maeve, learned how to cook from these things.
2: Prior to Maeve getting into them, the only one I watched was The Great uh, British Break-Off. Because, oh, yeah, great show. Yeah, it's just so charming and, and chill, uh, whereas all the other ones, they just seem so, a lot of them seem so, like, intense to me that i'm like yeah. i don't want to watch these people be mean to each other but that's like why nailed it is so charming because nailed it it's like three people who don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah like, i have no <laughs> goddamn clue and i love that as well so and
1: baking is so difficult like yeah, i think yeah. most people given you know a couple of days having to cook a meal will eventually learn how to cook a little but baking is like science so watching these people do their earnest science for it is really you know, it's science and it's magic, you know, and they, yeah. uh, it is a good show. I, I yeah. very much enjoyed it.
2: All right. We got a lot of Batman talk to get to. Uh, we're, oh, yeah. As we said, we're talking about 1989. Is the 1981 just Batman or the Batman? It's just Batman. Right? It's, just it's just Batman, Batman. yeah. Yep. So we're, we're discussing Batman from 1989 and the Batman from right now. It just came out. It just fucking came out. So we're going to talk today. about it. It's going to be great. Oh, is yeah. it today? Well, not when you're hearing this. It's like last week when they're hearing this, yeah. but today. whatever. Close enough.
0: After the break, we talk Batman's. And we're back and we're here to talk with friend of the show and friend in real life, Dan Scully, about Batman and the Batman. Oh, so much Batman. So much Batman. It's a lot of Batman. It's so many Batman. And the Batman is a lot of Batman. (laughs) It's three hours of Batman. So, Liam, you just saw it, right? Did you see it like this? You saw it yesterday?
2: I did see it yesterday. Yes, 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 yes.
0: And me and Scully saw it together. Amid mm-hmm. a bunch of bunch on chicken and friend of the show Andy um Andy Elijah was there as well. Mm-hmm. So what did so here's here's okay, so me and Scully, did we get to the movies together at the same time?
1: No, and, I arrived after you. You had the seats.
0: Oh yeah. I we walked were in in, row I, I guess
1: I walked in with Andy <laughs> and yeah, uh, Andy came in much later.
0: Oh he did. So Dude, you were posted with?
1: up like a king. You were just ready to go. And then I rolled in stinking like a toilet because I was just gross all day. Like, hey,
0: <laughs> but I walked. You said
1: check the watch, and I was like feeling
0: great. That's, how, that's and then exactly and Andy came
1: in. Happened. But here's yeah. what happened
0: though: I walked in, and the, the Allied um, people were like, "Oh, Josh, we have your name for a pull quote," and I was like, "Cool, I'll give you one at the end of the movie." And um, what's his name was like, "Yeah, your name is in bold and underlined," and I was thoroughly confused. Thoroughly confused. They yeah. know you're in keys I think it's weird. That's all. So, but what did you think, Liam, of the Batman? Are we going to start with the new one and not start with the old one? I mean, it seems to be the most fresh in my mind. I mean, I watched the old one last night too, but I'm just saying. Like,
1: I think that if we're going to end up going back to the other one, it's probably fair to be able to start with just did we like the new one?
2: Okay. Uh, you know I thought it, I thought it was surprisingly good. Um, I don't love certain small parts of it and I still it's one of those weird things where I was entertained for all three hours but then when it was over I was like god damn that's a really long movie like it could it have been two cool movies did it have to be one three hour movie because that's just a long fucking movie but I wasn't like bored at any point so I can't be like it's too long like you know what I mean like if it holds your attention for the whole time then I don't know if it's you can say it's too long, mm. but I did very much leave going that was my day. It's like my whole yeah. day was watching the Batman. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of the of the length of the film. Um, but what I, would you cut is the thing,
0: right? Like, yeah, that's to what me, Well, it felt really tight. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think that's right.
1: I mean, okay. I will say I didn't feel the length while I watched it, but I have a ticket to see it again Sunday and I'm a little bit bummed that it's going to start at 2:45 yeah, yeah. and it's going to get out when I'm like starting to prepare to like shut down for the day.
2: Let me put it this way. If there are people who don't want to see it because they're just like I don't want to be in a Batman movie for 3 hours, I I don't know if I can make fun of them or not. Like I understand <laughs> Why someone might feel that way because it's just a lot That's of time. The yeah, no, because when people are like, I don't, I don't see this so and so movie because it's just too long. I'm like, well, you're a
1: fucking. Philis- yeah, you just watched philis- all of Breaking Bad yeah. in a day. Relax, yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but in this case, like, I understand like people might have a might have a limit. I, uh, so let me let me get into specifics here. I think uh our man uh Pat Pat is it Patterson Wait, before, before we get into Let's,
0: let's give us give us the synopsis, Liam. Tell us what happened. Oh, I
2: mean, it's the Batman, y'all. It, 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 it. People who are familiar with stories like Year One or uh, some of the other—I uh, forget—Long uh, Halloween was always yeah, the one that I enjoyed. It. That's what I believe starts on be.
1: Halloween. Yeah. 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 Uh, they didn't do well, much with that though. They,
2: they take they take some things from other things too. But yeah. the, the point is we're 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 dealing with younger Bruce Wayne. We're 2 years into into him being Batman. Fucking Gordon is still a detective. He's not the commissioner, commissioner yet. Yeah. We got we got a dead Mar- or a jail Maroni, but Falcone's still alive. So like this is all this people who are familiar I mean let's be clear there is no one batman lore really like yeah there's a million batman lores but there's enough similarities between them that as soon as you're watching a movie and uh gordon isn't commissioner and falcone is alive you're like okay i know where we are basically right. you we're know really bat- yeah 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 and uh and so um uh a mysterious man who for some reason, you know, looks like he's about to go to battle in a swamp, calling himself the Riddler, is offing various politicians that he claims are corrupt. And so the Batman working with Selina Kyle and Gordon um, is trying to find out who the Riddler is, but the only way that seems to do that is to slowly sort of pick apart this web of corruption that's connected maybe to the Penguin, maybe to Maroni, maybe to Falcone. Um, and as the movie goes forward, uh, ah, this is new enough, we can't spoil anything. But you know, he, things get more and more complicated, and the Batman is left in a place wondering if he's been doing this whole Batman thing right or not. Um. Yeah, and we'll leave it there. I, the only thing, uh, so that so,
1: was. I think that was third. That was perfect. Good yeah, work. Yeah,
2: because I don't want to say too much and give anything away. And it's hard because on this show we tend to be spoilery, but this movie is too new. It's too new, brand new. Yeah, for, us, new. for us to spoil it all. The and only honestly, thing I say,
1: the spoilable elements are not even really that worth talking about in terms right. of what is appealing there about is this only, movie. If you really think about it,
2: that's true. But I do have one criticism.
1: There's,
2: oh sure sure it's related to the ending mm-hmm. and i don't and so i don't want to give it away the only thing i will say for you guys because i don't think i need to spoil anything to talk to y'all about it is just the idea that the movie takes a turn mm-hmm. and i thought that that turn was going to be a harder turn and would be more related to the very idea of should there be a batman or not right
3: mm-hmm.
2: because there is a bit of a theme in the movie of like you know, Thomas Wayne was trying to help the whole city. Right. And, uh, and Batman wants to eventually help the whole city. It's not, uh, you know, th- that becomes, I think by the end of the movie, what he's feeling. Um, and whenever that topic comes up, I always go, you know, what, uh, really helps people not commit crime jobs, you know, <laughs>
1: Wayne enterprises is huge. You can hire everybody. Yeah, I mean, he,
2: he, <laughs> In that world, he seems to be one of the richest people on the planet, but it just doesn't – it's just not always clear to me. I mean, to be fair, comic book Batman, an older Batman, I think has figured out at least charity, which I think as a person who has slightly more capitalism-critical tendencies, I don't know that charity is sufficient. But the thing about this movie is he's younger Bruce Wayne. So Bruce Wayne, he's not doing any charity. Other than being the Batman, he's not really interested in life. Like that's sort of part of what the movie is about, you know, and in that way, I like that the movie is sort of addressing some of that. But it would be cool eventually to just have some Batman story where Batman is like, is it even that cool being Batman? I don't know, guys. I don't know. I feel like
1: if they did like a, a very advanced age Batman you know, sure. we've done like Dark Knight Returns. Like Dark that Night would be Returns a really Batman? interesting story. Yeah, sort of. But I like to the point where he's like really going for charity and like physically cannot yeah. fight because certainly better than
2: certainly better than uh certainly better than crypto fascist Frank Miller being like he would just train an army of Batman, which is like yeah. the worst turn ever, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like I, I the only thing that I that I would say like about the advanced age would be it, it almost needs to be that way or else people like. People would be like, "Where's the action?" Like it would be easier to sure, write. That sure. said, I feel like it could be done at any time if it was written well. well but I think you're right. One of the this best so parts hard.
2: about this movie is the idea that while there is a ton of action, it's not like there is an action. This is also a movie where, like, Batman's figuring shit out. He spends time figuring shit out, and mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of Batman properties that I can think of where. We don't get to see him figuring a lot of shit out. We see a lot of him, like, you know, beating people up, which is also kind of cool. Like, I'm not against that, but it's <laughs> it's nice to see him, you know, being smart. Like, he's a smart guy. That's part of the appeal,
1: right? I think one of my big takeaways from the new Batman and what makes it so different to me, despite having a lot of aesthetic similarities, is that. I was more at like there was a lot of cool action in it but that's not what's sticking with me. Yeah. Okay. And like the action scenes almost felt like between the the procedural scenes whereas Batman have universally in live action cinema been the opposite.
2: Yeah, I agree. And and it really felt like the action scenes that we did get were maybe not always, but often necessary either for establishing context or character development or plot points. There was only maybe a couple things where you'd be like, okay, this is just because it's cool. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But even the parts like, you could argue maybe the car chase with the penguin wasn't Super character dependent, but I do feel like we got a lot of good penguin footage that was well worth it to me. And really, like, I I love the way it was filmed, where it's like Batman's always looking forward, penguin's always looking backwards. It's like oh, this yeah. feeling of like pursued. I don't know. I, I I just think there there was enough. You know, uh, 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 I want you guys to go off longer too, so I'm not just talking the, this whole time. But the part of the reason I'm talking about it so much is because. I am very much a Batman skeptic. I very much, when I heard about this movie, went, Why do we need another Batman movie? Like is this really something that we're gonna do again? And yet I left it being like, oh, that's pretty damn good, you know, like i i it's not perfect, you know, but i I don't need a Batman movie to be perfect.
1: I think you know what a lot of people have echoed that sentiment because uh, like i was I've been on the hook for this movie from day one, despite yeah, it, like yeah. at least. On, in the advertisement, not looking that much different than the Nolan ones in sure. terms of the advertisement, yeah. but but I was always I'm always on the hook. But I, I spoke to a lot of people that were like, I don't know, it, whatever. It just seems like too much too soon, and almost all of them have seen it, and almost all of them had a turn, and I and you know. As someone who was on the hook from it from day one, I think that's better proof that somebody had their mind changed than mm-hmm. that someone like me liked it
2: well jump in though what 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 i I get the feeling that you love this what what were some of the things that like really appealed to you about it and maybe did set it apart from the other Batman properties?
1: I liked that this is the first time that they did not really try to psychoanalyze Batman that deeply, yeah, it was a very plot heavy movie more so than story, at least on on an initial viewing. But in terms of story, we always land on Batman trying to reconcile his grief, Batman trying to find romance amidst that grief, you know, and whatever tone that takes, that's typically, you know, how it happens. This is the first one that was kind of disinterested in Bruce. You know, Bruce is just kind of a recluse. He doesn't really get along with Alfred. They care about each other sort of perfunctorily. And... Batman is reconciling. What does the image of Batman mean to Gotham? And that's where the story comes from. And that's new. You could call it shallow. If I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's shallow, but I've seen that criticism. But it is new. It is a new angle, and I, I appreciate that so much because, frankly, I guess I'm not that interested in a new Bruce.
0: Yeah. Also, this is like the first Batman I've seen where the parents are just kind of mentioned, but not like this whole like trauma from the yeah, loss. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's the first Batman that doesn't have, like, the slow motion pearls falling and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Like, at least to my mind.
1: Yeah. Even because Joker sure. had the pearls falling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm pretty happy that that wasn't a part of it. It's like, we get it.
2: You know <laughs> I I did think for a sec that they were going to go more of a darker Thomas Wayne. Uh, but I'm kind of glad that they didn't. But that's been a that's been a plot point in some of the comics and stuff. So I wasn't sure they're gonna go. Oh, and they
1: did that in Joker too. Yeah. That was, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I will say, I I love the performance of the Riddler,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but I love Paul Dano anyway. Yeah. No. Totally. And when, but a I think he's stronger when he's Paul Dano and not the guy in the mask. I right. think he when we see him. The performance like really gets better but i do think um while i'm not a huge batman person one of the things i do like about batman that i don't know people know how to do in these movies is like maintain some of the corniness you know what i mean mm, like yeah. we we all like to pretend that batman's been super cool and tough since day one and ignore like the multi-colored batsuits or bat dog or you know any of the weird things throughout the history of batman and one of the things that i like that has persisted is that when writers find a way to do the riddler where he's ridiculous but he's also still kind of deadly and scary you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and so this is not that riddler and so people who maybe love that riddler you're not getting any of that shit this riddler is is a fucking psychopath who yeah, can can barely keep his shit together at times
1: they tie him to zodiac yes, through image so. but very through the so. idea of leaving a cipher leaving yep. behind yep. some sort of a clue because that you know riddles is riddler's thing but really yep. that's just a function for him to be leaving clues for batman
2: well and i think it's narratively like for this movie it works like a silly Riddler wouldn't have worked for this movie.
0: But yeah. there's a, Jim Carrey in here with the, with no, the
2: eye mask. And all but that. there is yeah. a part of me that's kind of like, but I like that character, though. I kind of miss that. I kind of wish there was another character that could have been the same. You know what I mean? Like, I wish there was some well, other character that could have done. But I don't Josh, know. Josh, you could is.
1: probably you could probably speak to this from our experience watching it. There was more than a few moments where where Paul Dano unmasked did some sort of weird tick, weird scream that almost came off as comical. And the theater would start to like rumble with a little bit of laughter. And then it would stop Stark because it got scary. Yeah. Like yeah. we started to kind of ridicule him like that's a weird choice then it was like oh wow okay that's yeah, that's like kind of fucked up.
0: The vision of an unhinged man.
1: Yeah, and and like, Paul Dano kind of does that better than anybody. It, you know, it has me thinking back to his previous work even in things like Prisoners and mm-hmm. and you know there will be blood. Like he's very good for yeah, working his yeah. punchable face into something that's comical and then terrifying. And mm-hmm. it, it happened repeatedly throughout the movie. And in that sense, sure, some of the goofiness of the Riddler survived.
0: But it even wasn't if it's this tainted even. version, it, 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 wasn't it wasn't campy. Yeah, it wasn't like tongue in cheek or anything. It was definitely just like ah, uh, like people were laughing, but then uncomfortable with the fact that they laughed yeah. about it. That was my thought. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know that any director is ever going to be
2: able to get to like there's this space where people try to combine the classic campiness of batman with some of the more darker modern versions of batman and i just think that's easier to do in a comic book because comic books are weird and silly you know what i mean like (laughs) that's a really good way to put it that's
0: what we got with the penguin in this one right like that's the camp in this movie for me like including the scene where he's walking and he's got the fucking handcuffs on and all that and he's kind of waddling away you know what i mean like but this
2: is a much less, I mean, this isn't though like Danny DeVito's marriage. It's not, it's
1: not yeah, Danny it's... DeVito, but we do have the thumb drive. We do remember that yes. moment. Oh. Yes. That yes, was some a very dark little chuckle. There's good. the thumb drive. I won't say anything specific, but like I, I definitely rolled my eyes, but in an appreciative way at URL. Yeah.
2: Oh, 100% is yeah, pretty funny. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not so, saying the writing is bad. I'm just saying that uh, I don't know that anyone, like, for people who I agree, maybe, yeah there, there might be people who love the I mean, let's be clear, there is a moment in the film uh, where there's a clear comparison between the Riddler and Batman, and I remember thinking. I guess that's smart. Although I already saw the TikTok where they make the case that every Batman villain is a version of Batman. Every Batman villain, if you describe them a certain way, is just how you would describe Batman. That's what makes it so interesting. That every single one, you're like, no, that's yep, that's just a different version of what Batman does. You know, and so like it's not that insightful, but I do think that. Um, that's easier to do in this movie because of the version of Riddler we get. If we got the campy green-suited guy to show how they're similar, which is impossible to do, would be harder to do for an audience that's
1: less interested. I just think I feel I, like you'd I, need a moment where that Riddler is just like, yes. "Hey, hey, Batman, we're not so different, you and I." Yeah, like exactly, doing that kind of exactly, thing. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> um,
2: okay, <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> Joshua, I am glad you brought up Colin Farrell as the Penguin fucking great.
0: Like, I get that, like... I had th- no idea that was him. Afterwards, he was like, oh yeah, it was Colin Farrell. I'm like, wait a minute, what? He so oh, was- He's so...
2: He's <laughs> very good. He's very good as the... Pe- I loved his performance as the Penguin. I get that people are getting annoyed with, like, let's just put... A, a hot person in lots of makeup. Like, I think yeah. that's a trend that maybe is bumming people out. And I guess on an abstract level, I get that. But I love this performance. Like, I just think he yeah. was great. He was really, really good. I would really say good. as
1: a fan of, like, I'm a big fan of actors like Burt Young. Sure, and yeah. so I go, oh, man, it's weird that they're giving a role of his agree. 20 yeah, years yeah. ago to Colin Farrell. At the same time, there is evidently supposed to be a spinoff Penguin show.
3: Whoa. and
1: like a tv show based on penguin and one based on commissioner gordon and so i think that these were not just initial characterizations but they're planting the seed sure, so sure. as much as i would like to see a really cool character do the penguin there's also a piece of me that's like you has a businessman which i'm not you would want colin farrell on your show
0: mm. yeah that's right
2: yeah um Josh, what else? You, you haven't gotten to talk as much about the movie. I also get the vibe that you liked it a lot as well. What, what are some of the things that really stood out to you that made you sort of appreciate this one?
0: It felt like a detective movie with a superhero in it. It didn't yeah. feel the other way around. You know what I mean? Like, where it's like, ah, there's this high-flying, you know, whatever, whatever, and gadgets. This movie was like an actual, like, uh, it felt like seven. If sure. There, yeah. If, if you know, Brad Pitt had a cape on. No. That's no, I agree. Like it uh, felt like that. I see what you're
1: saying. Brad Pitt's trench coat and that is very much like of <laughs> points, too. This is, well, a, and you
2: could you could argue that the some of the some of the movie resembles Seven in the sense of like Brad Pitt realizing maybe he has less control than he
0: realized. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also just felt like it, it felt um, to me like there were actual stakes in the game, which is yeah. what we don't yeah. really get with a lot of Batman movies, like the 1989 Batman doesn't feel like anything's really up for risk. You know what I mean? Like at no point do I ever think Batman's imperiled. Uh yeah in most of these sure. movies, including the Nolan movies. There's never a moment where I'm like, "Oh, Batman's going to die." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's got a in, gadget for this. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it felt like there were actual stakes to be gained and or lost. You know what I mean? Like it could it felt like Batman's credibility as a detective could be tarnished cuz he can't figure this shit out. And um yeah, I liked it. I loved it. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoy maybe it was the chicken, I'm not gonna lie. It's delicious. But um it was it was one of those movie experiences that, like, yeah, it was three hours long, but also, I mean, like, I felt compelled, and like that's what I'm saying, Liam. Like, I can't think of anything that I would have cut out of this movie. There's no character development bits that I was like, Yeah, I don't know. I also didn't know John Tortura was in this movie. I didn't do any research going in, I went straight blind. I knew that we were calling him Robert Battinson. And uh, that <laughs> you know Zoe Kravitz is in it. That's all I knew. And then yeah, just all of a sudden John Turturro is here. Oh man, that's funny.
1: John Turturro, who is like, I feel like him and Adam Sandler are slowly morphing into one another, and okay. they will meet in the middle, <laughs> I and become I, this wonderfully entertaining persona. I
2: I think I think someone could make an argument, and and I don't know if I'm there or not, but I think you could that this is actually two very good movies. If someone was willing to pause it where the, it, there's a version of the movie where the the plot with Falcone wraps up, but then we're still trying to figure out what to do about the Riddler. You know what I'm saying, Ooh, yeah, and I yeah. think that could have been interesting. I don't know that it's necessary, but like it's just like it's one of those things where I don't because I think it is a comic book movie, and I don't think that the feeling that a comic book movie ever ends feels like false to me. Like Mm -hmm. like whatever's ever did. Yeah. Whatever happens, he's just gonna do more tomorrow. There's no real ending. So this really could have been a bit episodic and it wouldn't have taken away from it as a movie. And Mm -hmm. that would I think deal with the length issue. But I think you're right, if you just take it as it is, no, I can't think of a lot of stuff that you could cut and like lose something. Like I saw someone who didn't like it be like, oh you could cut like 40 minutes. And I'm like I see time wise why you feel that way, but where in the actual movie would you cut forty minutes? Like I just yeah. don't know where you would do it, and, and maybe that's a failure for me as an editor. But uh, <laughs> but I just don't. I think That I, also
1: takes two viewings to really determine. Right.
2: right.
0: That's I also got to say I you really know, like I've the seen badly camas.
1: paced movies.
0: The oh yeah, lens I cameras.
2: I agree. So cool. I agree.
0: I,
1: I Although I think, when she put when Catwoman put one in her eye, I was like, Ew, it's in his eye. <laughs> Ew. That's right Batman I, hangs out in the sewer. Well, and I,
2: I like that this movie had the gadgetiness of Batman, but a lot of it looked a little more rugged. Like there's a sense in which you could say that it's maybe not clear when this movie occurs. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of like contemporary shit in the movie, but then it also felt a little retro at the same time, and I like that.
1: There's a weird like like uh, I can't think of the word but Gotham is always sort of timeless, but there's always certain elements that are of a time. Like it is very, you know, 1940s prohibition era gangsters. That kind of thing is, you know, uh, that's not the right decade, is it? Whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, untouchable style gangsters. And uh, but sometimes we see Gotham as, you know, contemporary, you know, in the Dark Knight. It's literally Chicago, you know, and so it's kind of always like stuck out of time. And I think the technology reflects that.
2: Yeah, I mean, parts of it were Chicago in this movie too, which is yes, funny. Yeah. Living here now, I was like, "Oh, I know where that is. Oh, I know where that is." But like, there was where guys- uh,
1: Gotham Square Garden is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about Jeffrey Wright as the commissioner?
1: Galaxy Brain Casting. Galaxy Brain Casting. Yeah, so it, good. When right? they announced that he has the look, he has the his his the way he characterizes any of his characters have that somber feel. Yeah. But uh, that livelihood that requires. Gordon has this like livelihood in him that allows him to buy into a Batman along with him being a stone-cold professional and Jeffrey Wright's so good at that and I think he his TV show is one I'm gonna watch
0: yeah yeah All right. yeah I'm with that I what about that, Andy as Alfred what'd you guys think about Andy Circus in there I could have used more of him I could have used more but also I was just kind of like you know this is a step above uh, Jeremy Irons I'll give it that and I do definitely think that the Nolan Alfred is my least favorite. The um fucking Michael Kane Alfred.
1: You know That's... what? I might agree. He's... And I yeah, like him no, well enough. He's,
0: he's terrible. I don't like him in that <laughs> You
2: You just oh. went full
1: terrible. Yeah, <laughs> he's he real the bad. the worst
0: shit and then just like, it always seems like he's just being snarky and then walks away.
1: Oh, we're you know not very I'm not Yeah, and
0: then just steps. Yeah,
1: I don't Just dips.
0: You know. Look, like Alfred, what? Yeah. Come on, dog. So anyway, I think Andy Circus could have used more. I like the little uh bed moment when they're holding hands in the hospital.
1: And well, I be- like that they they don't they they clearly love one another and they don't really like one another. Yeah, for and sure. Andy Circus sure. does wear that very well.
2: Well, I think it's people need to really accept this as a younger way. Like, I I even some of the I've even seen people who like the movie be like, <laughs> well, you know, I like him as Batman, but I don't like him as Bruce Wayne. He just looks a little like I don't know, like emo y or something. And I'm like, yeah, well, Bruce Wayne wasn't always a dapper 40 year old. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is, this is, this is prior. And again, I think for Batman fans, and I'm not even, again, I'm a Batman hater, but, but <laughs> if you know anything about Batman, as soon as Tartoro, as soon as you know Falcone is there, you're like, okay, if, if Penguin is not in charge, then we're at a different period in the history of Batman. Cause there's, there's a certain point. Where Batman has to look around and go, oh, all of my villains are now weirdos. They're all weirdos because of me. And the normal people are all gone. All the normal people are gone. And it's only freakazoids that are in in my, you know, (laughs) villains. That's a, you know, that's a part, again, it's not always exact but that's a part of the evolution of Batman is that yes, like, yes. at some point he gets a little dude to help him out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point him and Catwoman are much more intimate. You know, that usually is a part of it. At some point there's a Batgirl, you know what I mean? Like there's just these yeah. things that happen and it's, the only thing that changes is the details. The general flow is there. So if there's still a lot of normal criminals, that means we're early in Batman's period. Cause at a yes. certain point, every friggin criminal on the street is either wearing a penguin outfit or wearing a fucking joker out or doing whatever one of these crazy people tells him to do.
1: Well, you know, what? that's actually, uh, one way that I'd like to link this to the 1989 Batman is yeah. in terms of like those believability things. I like the Nolan Batman. Okay. But okay. one of my issues with them is, is that they really really try to lean into this being the real world and that doesn't work for me because batman just simply cannot exist in the real world i'm a batman returns guy i like fantastical batman uh even if i like the stories more grounded and so in the nolan batman they have like oh well where does batman order his his helmets from Oh, he also orders them to different addresses so that nobody catches on. And I don't fucking care.
3: I don't care.
1: Batman has a bat suit because it looks like a bat. Shut up. That's all I care about. But I do like the idea of putting Batman into the realest world possible but not have to make explanations for dumb shit like yeah. that. And I think that's where the Batman really pleased me most is that this is a real world Batman. This is, you know, there's no magic flying around or anything, but I don't, I don't need to know how he built his armor. I don't need to know how the bat wing works. His taser fingers, guess what? Batman has taser fingers now. That's it. <laughs> and I re- and this really worked, that really worked well for me. I've never seen that before. And I think the, only time it's ever been close to that sort of reality is in the 1989 Batman because it's not supernatural it's not but there's no explanation that is feasible in the real world as to how the Joker has uh, you know embroidered jackets for all of his guys he has a Joker painted helicopter he's figured out a way to synthesize smile stuff so that when deodorant's mixed with shampoo it gives you a killer smile and kills you by laughing all of that is impossible but the world doesn't lean into magic. It's still a real world. And so I think that this connects to the 1989 Batman in just that way that it is real enough, but it's not going out of its way to make it completely photo real to you. Cause feel, that's disinteresting.
2: I feel like we're about to disagree about the 1989 Batman and that'll be fun. But I do want to say the only part of what you just said that was, was distracting for me was like at a certain point, his armor is so good that he's getting shot at ranges where I'm like, there's no way, man. Like, yeah. one of those bullets would get through. And then it's. You're like, at least falling over. But then I was like, well, it is Batman. Like, he probably has this killer armor. And then this shows where I'm a Batman hater. My brain immediately went, that's so like Batman to have the best body armor ever and not share it with anyone. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> because
2: I've, I, I just really think that's a theme of, and, and granted, this isn't indelible to the character. This is always bad writing, but there's always a version of Batman where Batman has the best shit, which he hasn't shared with anyone. Cause he doesn't trust anyone. Cause he thinks yeah. if they had his shit, they would do something bad. With They'd it. Abuse it, yeah. And I'm like, that's so fucking Batman. Like, like that's, but that's just me being a Batman hater. I'm like, whatever Batman is selfish. I'm like, yeah, that sounds right.
0: I yeah, want to see typical Liam's, rich guy keeping it. I all. really want to see leaves egalitarian Batman where nobody's dressed like a bat and everyone just says dope shit. it's like you know check it out batman everyone's equal no one has like to beg for like armor (laughs) i i i I
2: like the version of batman that's that would really be the uh the the version in
0: what's that what's that comic book in uh dark knight returns in the frank miller one where he has the sons of the Bat at the end no i hate that
2: version that's the worst version uh i was gonna say um uh, the version that is basically the Midnighter, you know, like, do you, have you guys ever read that? I'm t- I can't remember the name of that comic book that the Midnighter is no. in. No. There's, there's a comic where the superheroes at a certain point get so powerful where they're like, okay, uh, we basically protect the world, which means um, we're not just going to fight aliens or stop crime anymore. We also don't like when corporations do bad stuff. So we're going to start enforcing that. And the whole world gets bit mad and tries to murder them because they're like, wait, you can't fight capitalism. That's not what we... That's not what we want from you. And they're like, yeah, we don't care what you want. We're the most powerful people in the world. We're going to do what we want. And that means stopping wars and shit. And everyone like hates them. It's really good. It's you really know, good. Uh, if
1: you figure out what that is, please let me know. That sounds cool. Tell Whoa
2: the authority it's called the authority uh, I know okay yeah yeah, yeah. That's i don't know again. that one and the midnighter is basically a ripoff of batman where he just it's not really batman because he's not really a detective but just his look and stuff you're like oh that's batman it's basically yeah. in the authority there's a there's a couple uh where the the uh one of the guys it's two dudes one of the guys is clearly a batman ripoff and the other one's clearly a superman ripoff and they're a couple and the the Batman ripoff. He's called the Midnighter, and he's really dark and moody, and he beats everyone up. And the other one is called Apollo, and he gets his strength from the sun, and he has long blonde hair, and everyone loves him because he's so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I get it. You had Superman and Batman. Fuck, that's great. I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, that sounds incredible. I want to read. Really, it. It's it's. I, I mean, I don't know that all of it is good, but the first few books I have are are really good. Okay, nice. Let's jump to the 1989 Batman. Uh, Dan it sounds like you still love this movie even now after you're 5 I don't know if you didn't see it when you were 5 but even now as an adult I feel like this movie still really appeals to you
1: yeah and I'm open to the idea that I am biased towards it because of nostalgia. It was a young right. favorite I mean, when sure, I was eventually sure, sure. to watch it. I, I, I feel like I'm indebted to it as a fan of comic book cinema, that it, it really did change. Like, there's really not a movie that has come out since then with superheroes that doesn't have a little bit of its DNA imprinted upon it. And also, I'm just a huge Michael Keaton fan. I love that guy and always, always have been. So it still works for me. I, I tend to have a difficult time watching it with a critical eye nowadays, just because even its weird, bad moments end up becoming idiosyncrasies to me. Yeah, just with idiosyncratic you know, high...
0: Tim Burtonisms, too, specifically. Yeah,
1: and like Tim Burton's a really good director. He does so much with like little pop zooms in this movie that he doesn't do anymore. Uh, it's so it's really fun to watch as like as an artifact of a filmmaker whose style has differed. You know, just through time matured, so yeah. it's very difficult for me to watch this and be like that doesn't make sense that doesn't work because it you know i'm I'm never going to be in a place to be able to do that that said it's not my favorite batman movie like i said i'm a returns guy so
2: <laughs> josh had had you watched this much before watching it for this episode
0: before watching for this episode i watched it like every day when i was like in sixth grade
2: sure right but as an adult I loved you it so it? much
0: as an adult no that was the last time I watched it but I still remember all the words you know what I mean it's like going back to like a record that you loved when you were in 6th grade you know what I mean sure. like, yeah. and uh, it definitely <sighs> felt like I like Scully I really had a hard time looking past the nostalgic appeal to it just because I love Nicholson I love um, you know uh, I love Michael Keaton <laughs> and you that- wanna get nuts Oh god, it's them. so good. He's got the silver and his he's got the tray. It's great. It's so ridiculous. And the line Mal- for
1: me that I wanted to say along with it was always, those were my balloons. He Ooh. stole my balloons.
0: It's a good line. And then <laughs> so you got
1: good. you got Malik
0: from Conan in there. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's pretty fun. And then, like also Kim Basinger's in there, and this is like the height of Kim Basinger obsession, you know what I mean? Like Oh yeah. Robert Wool? Robert Wool! Genius fucking great and fucking Billy D. Williams and Harvey Dent what (laughs) I I wish that could have played out yeah 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 that would have been an interesting two-face right there too but you know I mean like it's you're right like it's not a like it still bugs me out like there are details that I picked up on in this viewing that I'm just like oh my god like Michael Keaton's about to tell Kim Basinger that he's goddamn Batman like they just started dating like you're gonna tell her that you're the Batman Bruce word like that's your plan This lady dressed in white. I don't know. It just seems like a little more ridiculous to watch now. You know what I mean? But, um,
1: okay. So to my point though, like it is sort of real world, but never to the point where it has to justify itself. Like that's one of those weird moments like that.
2: Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to be the, the outsider here and say what you're describing, Dan is sort of like a fun quirk. I would describe as bad filmmaking. The movie's bad. (laughs) It's bad. Top to bottom. Uh,
1: Oh no!
2: Yeah, it's it's you know it's so funny because I just saw a a, a, a friend of the show uh, Brendan Foley just tweeted today because someone someone had posted you know like oh you know the way that Tim Burton revolutionized comic book movies with Batman and Foley was like yeah he had the great insight of taking the most interesting comic book character of all time and making him boring instead and I have to agree the movie is boring Michael Keaton is boring it's it is. And this is coming from someone who actually has seen Birdman, his worst performance in his career, I think. Possibly. I think that's true. It's his worst performance of his career. It is uh, the best Jack Nicholson performance if all you want is Jack Nicholson. But if you're looking for the Joker, the Joker's not in this movie. Jack Nicholson just really hates Batman. So he wants to kill Batman because he is, I don't know wishes more people had seen witches of eastwick i don't know i don't know what's at stake for him but he really wants to kill the batman uh kim basinger is i guess in the movie but i she she's just like a blank slate in the film in fact i would say billy d Williams' harvey dead is the only part of the movie where i'm like yeah it's pretty good that's amazing he's pretty good i i think the 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 quirkiness of it is just badness it's just bad it it somehow manages to capture some of the camp of the comics but then try to also make it dark in a way that i guess was sort of burton's style at the time but like i I don't know it's it's funny because we had just been discussing his career recently on cinema sports board because we covered big fish and you know i was very clear that this was the last good burton movie for me that everything after big fish For the most part, I don't like. Though there are parts of them I don't hate. I don't. I'm not really stoked on anything after Big Fish. I agree with that. And then I I generally said, but I like everything before Big Fish. Turns out I'm a liar. This movie, I, I, it ended, and I thought, God damn! Like, I saw this movie three times in the theater when it came out. Like as a as a ten year old, I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened, and I have not had a bigger disappointment as an adult. Uh, I really thought at least nostalgia will carry me through this thing, and it's no, it's I really didn't like it, and, and, and uh, even the actiony parts, I was like, I've had more fun at the Batman shows at the Universal
0: Studios, you know, like
2: I, I feel like those are better than this movie. I don't I mean, know. I that's just the
0: kind of the, the appeal of it, right? Like the unwieldiness of the batsuit is such a funny thing to see. T- yeah,
1: like, he can't turn his head.
0: <laughs> yeah, he can't turn his head. That shit's hilarious, man. And he's like doing karate. Like, that shit is great
2: I mean I and, guess I guess if you wanted to go into the category of like the room maybe but I no, find it less endearing I mean, than the room
0: I find it endearing that it is the DNA that did lead to bigger superhero movies that like things like capes that like Scully said that will not work in the real world like they're navigating with a cape you know what I mean like they're bits that are like weirdly CG'd in here like Batman's shadow
1: they, oh like, no that's a I believe that's rotoscoped on there
0: yeah that's what I'm saying that shit's yeah. cool! Like, that kind of stuff, like, I find to be very charming and, I mean, like, again, like, my my memory puts me in a place where I'm like, the only other movies I can remember before the 1989 Batman that were, like, superhero movies were, like, the Superman movies, you know what I mean? And, like, so, when this came along, this was, like, dark and grim at points, you know what I mean? And, like, again, not that I felt like there were anything, there were any stakes at play here, but, I I like the Batmobile. This shit looked awesome.
1: That's I the like, that's my favorite Batmobile, and it's yeah. completely a functional. There's nothing it's, about it that speaks to being quiet and ninja-like at night. It's total it gaudiness, the, but the, man the is it The awesome.
0: shell. That shit is so cool. And
1: just, so cool. Also, uh, rotoscoped, I believe.
0: And Prince is on the soundtrack. And the
2: fucking... Oh. The soundtrack is great. Let me be clear about that. That every time a Prince song came on, I was like, "All right, now we're getting somewhere." But it it, it didn't really it didn't really help, man. I found this a painful watch. Almost That's
1: such a shame. I found it such to be a joy. I was like, yeah, but I once again, it, it could so. have been. But I have to. I have to disagree on your Michael Keaton assessment.
2: He's so boring, man. I don't the know whole, what you whole, find appealing about him in this movie.
1: What's appealing about it is that it's a little bit of a subversion of the of like the 90s yuppie guy, but done in a way like, everybody sees Batman as this tortured, tortured guy who takes up the mantle of a bat because he fears bats and he wants to instill fear. What Michael Keaton brings to the role is he's just a weird-ass dude who likes bats. And I find that infinitely more of a, uh, like a, of a more interesting motivation for him to be Batman than like, oh, I'm processing trauma through violence. I like that he's like, <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It's just a weird thing I do, but people are afraid of bats. Who knew? Like I that that to me is so funny and so in tune with what I like about Michael Keaton as a humorist. So now I sound like an idiot because that doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It does mean it's appealing to me. But I think in the weird like sort of circus reality of this Gotham, that makes a lot of sense. He's just a weird rich dude who kind of likes the Who like hangs
0: upside (laughs) down after he has coitus with Kim Basinger for some reason. Yeah, like I
1: believe that he's weird into that, but it's also the same guy who has that strange, you know, monologue with himself, dialogue with himself where he's like, "Ah, you know, there's two two types of people uh, where he can't figure out how to like come out of the closet as Batman. All that tracks, and I find it so consistent from Bruce Wayne all the way through to even the way Batman behaves in his fights. it, It. I don't. Know, I, I think it's a very complete performance. It might not be the most thorough, but I can't say that it's it's his worst. I've seen I, White Noise.
2: Every everything everything that you see as a positive, I see as shitty. Like that's one like, of those
1: things. Yep. Like like <laughs> sh- like straight up like like I know exactly what you
2: mean? <laughs> because because here's the thing: I would be into your description of his portrayal, except for a. I don't think Batman is in the consciousness enough for someone to have a meta portrayal of Batman. A bunch of people who saw this fucking movie didn't actually know what Batman was. Comics were not in the consciousness that strong that like people were going, Oh, I get it. He's doing a different Bruce Wayne. The only Batman they knew was the Adam West Bruce Wayne. So like, that's not, there, there's nothing to deconstruct there. There's no Batman to deconstruct. It only, it only seems meta and quirky in it in hindsight. There's no, there's no consciousness of 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 dark Batman at the time, and I don't even really blame him for that. I would blame Burton for this version of Batman because I don't think Burton gave a fuck about the details of that. Because why would he? I think this is an opportunity. It's actually to it's do a well known that
1: stuff. Tim Burton was not a comic book guy.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, straight I up, yeah, he
1: he did not know anything about it. That's true.
2: And 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 I'm not offended at that. I just don't think it works. Like I think. I think what he wanted was something that was a melding of his style, but still had some of the more quirky elements of, of a, of a certain kind of Batman, but that doesn't even necessarily represent the comic books, which I think at this time, though I'm no timeline expert, so anyone can correct me if I'm wrong. I think Batman had already started to go a little more dark in the comics by 1989,
1: you know, like, Oh, absolutely. So what's funny is I agree, but that bridge between Adam West and like true darkness is something that works well for me you know i <laughs> just, I, I just want, one, th- I want one i love or, that <laughs> i want
2: one, i want one or the other i want if we're gonna do michael keaton as funny i want him to be more funny i felt like a lot of the humor in the movie does he could have been
1: funnier yeah i would agree with that yeah and i
2: just i've never understood why people love jack nicholson in this role so much
3: jack there's a
2: couple of lines that i think are funny but i don't think overall I, I, it just doesn't – him doing this version of himself, especially like recently I would have w- got a chance to watch some of his older films I had never seen before. And so I just feel oh, like – Oh, what it, did you watch? Oh, uh, oh, what's it called? The one where he's a sailor and he's on- – Yes, with Randy Quaid? Yes.
1: I just caught up with that last year, uh, The Last so, Detail. That is yes. phenomenal. So
2: fucking good. So, yeah. Uh, in other words, it, but because I had watched that, it, I just feel like this is where we're starting to get into – jack nicholson doing a caricature of himself in every role and that's how this felt to me it just doesn't feel like the joker to me and and that's not a huge deal again i don't have a lot of like sacred attachment to the comic books per se but if we're going to leave the comic books i i want it to be for something and i honestly think if they had pushed the movie to be more campy and silly which which i think the director of 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 uh of peewee's big adventure is capable of yes. something even more campy and silly if here, you had here. done that and done less of like a preamble to the nightmare before Christmas, then like, I just think the movie would be better. I think it would be better with more images of the Joker on the side of helicopters. Like I like yeah. that that's part of the movie, but then the stuff that's darker, I don't know that it all works for me. It's not bad, but I just think the melding of it doesn't work for me. anyways. It doesn't matter. I can't
1: refute it. And I actually truly believe that a lot of my love for it is, Like, I mean, this was my introduction when I was, when I was a child, this is how I learned who Jack Nicholson was. Mm. So I can never actually look at it from a perspective of, Oh, Jack Nicholson's doing Joker. That was my first iteration of Jack Nicholson and my first iteration of Joker. So there's like, there's like, it's almost like a spell cast over me. I can't, I, I will never be able to break that.
2: I think I would feel less weird about it if it wasn't then the, uh, The Joker from the Batman animated series, for me, ate this Joker. And that be and that, that's a great Joker, and 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 honestly, that is still my favorite Joker of any version of the Joker, like, like Mark a, Hamill you know, Joker. Yeah, I just it's a really, damn good Joker. Yeah, I, I I get it that like he doesn't. It's easier for him because it's a voice, and he doesn't have to embody the character the way that other people have been asked to. But whenever anyone's like, "What's the best Joker?" I'm like, ah, Mark Hamill Joker. There's just something about that balance. I just think he really strikes a balance most of the time between humor and menace that i think works for the joker you know uh, anyway no i would agree
1: i think that's the best joker hands down
2: but i do think that there's a certain extent where it's still a heath
0: ledger joker
2: guy
1: I, I like them all. Um, to tell you the truth, I was watching Dumbass Suicide Squad the other day and midway through I was like, you know what? I don't love this Lido Joker, but it's got legs on it. I think they could have done something and I don't know how I got there, whether that's legit or not, or oh, once man. again just how love for Joker. How
0: that Kim Basinger that Vicky Vale is a photographer that came to fame because of her work in the Corto Maltese <laughs> and that that was the place where Suicide Squad 2 happens Corto Maltese. Oh
3: yeah!
1: Yeah. Totally. that she out out she was like, yeah. "I'm going to go look at the uh, the back guy in Gotham now." I
2: think I think Corto Maltese is one of those the, DC. I feel like he way more than Marvel just made shit up all the time, like cities, countries, like just all the time they were just like, "Yeah, this," you know. But then I love when they would bring in like the idea that like DC occurs in a United States where there is both a metropolis and a New and York a City. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like that's the part it's like uh, like when, they, when I thought like, oh, they're just replacing all the cities. It's like, yeah, but sometimes writers would forget and have real cities. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. So that
1: means that there is a Gotham Square Garden and a Madison Square Garden, which mm-hmm. then implies that Gotham Square Garden was built as a sort of homage to Madison Square Garden. Well, or but perhaps then, vice versa. We don't know. Then the question or that the
0: to- Square Garden people are getting all of their money. Those motherfuckers.
2: Well, that, but it also might just be different. You know, there's also different dimensions and stuff, you know? Yeah, there's, that's true. There's a world where Batman is a vampire and Superman is Mexican.
0: So yes. Right, right, right. right. Hey man, I'm with it.
1: So what about, I got to say both Batman, I think these are the two most iconic Batman scores. Ah, uh, when it comes to Elfman's sure. score. Yeah. And then with yeah, yeah, Michael yeah, yeah, Giacchino's yeah. score, I the Hans Zimmer score for the Nolan ones I remember being good but I couldn't, you know, pick a a lick out of it. Yeah. I could hum you probably the entirety of the, you know, the whole overture of Elfman's score, but yeah. we all know the the new Batman one the da da da
3: very very, very good Vader. stuff. Yeah, it's,
1: Yes, it's very grim. Darth Vader. I did notice, though, that when Catwoman was on screen, they brought in a string element that was very, very evocative yep. Yep. of the strings that meant to relate to Catwoman in Batman Returns. And uh, so again, the Tim Tim Burton era sort of is indelible in terms of influence. Just depends on what we borrow from it or not.
2: I do think that the that there is. A lot of relationship between the various Catwoman performances, with with the exception yep. of course of Eartha Kitt when like briefly Catwoman was just Eartha Kitt and that was just how it was going to be. But uh I'm a
1: cat, darling. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But like, I think of the modern Catwoman performances, there's some similar DNA throughout, and I I really liked um, Zoe Kravitz in the in that role. Like, I think she was really good. Yeah. I would agree. I, I
1: thought she was excellent. Yeah.
2: Well, alright, so we got, uh, we, we all liked the Batman, and then uh, one of us is a cranky jerk who just can't get on board. the. No. Batman. It probably doesn't help that I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Like, I've just never yeah. put it on. I've, I've weirdly enough, have watched Batman Returns a few times, which I don't love, but I find less annoying for some reason. Um, and maybe it is because of the Batman Returns just goes to a whole nother level of,
1: like, it really was, goes weird yeah it goes and there's so some very weird. very strong direction and editing yeah. in that movie yeah when you watch that from the point of view of of like even just blocking and editing it's kind of unbelievable like you forget about the energy that burton had um but i also get why it's not for everybody and like i, I was reading into some stuff like apparently some imagery has been sort of after the fact uh seen as anti-semitic and reading about it i was oh. like ah, i get it uh, with I, I don't want to speak on it because I'm not Jewish, but like apparently with a lot of the Penguin in terms of his uh, depiction and ties to the city, I you know I haven't read too much on it, but I was I read a little bit about it. I was like, how how interesting. Hmm. Hmm.
3: Well, I that's do, a thing. I
2: yeah, think... I mean it's
1: just everything ages, is I guess the point I'm trying to to make.
2: Yeah, no, that's fair. All right, well, uh, I I you know I think we are unanimous though on the idea that like unless you're someone who thinks of uh, a three hour Batman movie as actual torture, you should go see the Batman. Like if you're out there kind of skeptical, like, well, I I like, I like Batman, but I'm not sure if I want to do the Batman. I think you should. I think most people who like this character, most people who like these kinds of movies are going to like it. And that it's the, the people I've seen who are like bummed on it. I don't think of as people who usually like these kind of movies anyway. Uh, and, and, it would bum me out if people's Batman fatigue kept them from seeing this one because yeah. I think it's like for this me. This one's worth
0: doing the three hours for. It's unequivocally at least
2: for my taste. It's the best case scenario. It's the it's the best Batman thing I've seen. I think probably ever, unless we're counting the Harley Quinn cartoon, which is my favorite DC property. Well, mm. yeah, oh, I no. haven't
1: watched that yet. I've heard that that was really really good. I
2: mean, Liam it, loves it. It replaced Young Justice and Doom Patrol, which were tied for my favorite DC properties. Nice. Uh, and then I watched the Harley Quinn cartoon, and I was like, "Nope, this is the best thing DC's ever done." It's so I would like to catch funny. up with that. It's just it's funny, but also like emotional, and that's the that's the that's the line that's I'm the looking spot. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's the sweet spot. Oh, I love it. Well,
2: I guess that's it. Unless we have any other uh, insights on the Burton. On the Burton Batman, I don't. I, if no, if you if you're listening and you've never seen Batman, I think you should still see it, even though I hated it because I just think it's an like you guys made the point. It's an important part of like how we got comic book movies. You know, mm. I it, it kind of it kind of saved the idea of the comic book movie, right? Like with with by the time Supergirl came out, you know what I mean, or Superman four or whatever. Mm. There, there weren't going to be comic book movies anymore. The yeah. idea had gone away. And then this Batman thing really sort of brought it back. Now, granted you could point out that between Batman and X-Men or X-Men two, there was kind of a gulf of actually still very good comic book movies. Honestly, yeah. Well,
1: wasn't blade in there.
2: That's true. Blade is very good. That's, that's Love a good blade, yeah. Yeah, 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 Yeah. But you know that, but those are sort of the exceptions, right? It's like, Batman, you know, okay, sure. Batman Returns, maybe, and then Blade, and then Judge Dredd, X Men Two. Yeah. Judge Dredd is fucking torture, man. I'm
1: such a Stallone fan. Literally next to my I Want to Believe poster is a Rocky painting. But
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'll, I'll defend that's Rocky. That's a, oh, a day.
1: I'm not going to call watch, it. Boy. I'm not going to call it good. I'm going to say I love it.
2: I just love. I just love that Stallone's like this helmet thing's only gonna last for a few minutes, and then I gotta take it off, guys. <laughs> People just want to see maker. my face,
1: you know? They're not here for Judge Dredd. They're here for Sylvester Stallone, and Rob Schneider. All right, Every, Schneider. everybody loves Rob Schneider. He's the star of Surf Diggers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love Surf Diggers. <laughs> I watched it two times last night. It's got Leslie Nielsen. It's good stuff. Ernie Reyes, Judah does karate. We love it. Oh,
0: man. Your Stallone is so good. <laughs> uh, I love that.
2: I love that Stallone came up again after our all our Stallone, Stallone episode,
0: last episode. Like yeah. yeah. That's pretty
1: because he's ubiquitous. Well, I want to say one thing about the new, the new, the Batman and its length. I am somebody who, unless it's great, is like sometimes averse to pressing play on a long movie. Like I said, I'm sort of dreading seeing a movie that I know I love on Sunday just because it's long. But I was feeling so ill and so tired at the Batman. I cannot put that I cannot put into words how awful I was feeling and I was riveted through the entire thing. It was perfect conditions for me to fall asleep ten minutes into that movie and three hours into it I was riveted. So I think even a skeptic can get past the length because it beat all of those litmus tests with very little effort. We had heated chairs, Liam. We had heated chairs. I could have been out like a light, like, but nope. it was beautiful. All
0: right. Scully.
1: Yes.
2: Tell people where to find you on the internet, please plug all your stuff. Do the plugging.
1: I am at Dan Scully on all of the social medias. Um, my website is scullyvision.com. I tend to use that to corral all of my stuff, such as my podcast, I Like to Movie Movie at Movie Movie Cast, uh, such as my other podcast, Hot Property at Hot Property Pod, and as well as Findy.com, MovieJohn.com. And I, uh, you know, while we're at it, I'll throw some love out there. Uh, my better half, Jenna, has a podcast called Dep Impact. So you should check that out as well. It's uh, a very deep dive into problematic fave Johnny Depp, which ties to this through Tim Burton quite frequently.
3: True. So
1: uh, definitely check it out because it's uh, it's some interesting, thoughtful stuff. Thank you That's for coming all. on. Thank you for oh, coming on. Thanks for having on, me, man. I, I miss I missed you, Liam, and, and Josh, I don't see you enough. So um, we happy should that correct we can that, come that together
0: on these movies, though. And you always make every movie viewing experience that much better. All right. And, back at um, you, brother. I fucking love you, Dan.
1: You know ah, I love you, too. I love you both so much. This, this, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I we still have to get Liam. You got to get on my shows, man. We've had Josh.
0: Yeah, me I don't Evo, think well, we that's true. You. That's Other true. Cinema, so Evo Tomas has been on. Yes. Movie.
1: Yeah. Multiple yeah, yeah. times. Multiple. Shout times. out Evo. Yeah. What's up, dude?
0: Big up. Big up to my <laughs> Evos. Note to 40.
1: So yeah, we'll arrange that, but this is, this is great. I, 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 I love the show and I love being on it. So thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much to everybody who's listening. Always rate, review, subscribe, because that's the currency that means something to podcasters like we, and uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us this whole time, man. We appreciate y'all. Thank you so much. And that is episode 148 done and done. And we will talk to you soon. Smoke bomb, which is fairly resonant because that's actually a Batman reference. Because that's how Batman leaves. He says he throws a smoke bomb and then he leaves.
1: He doesn't say smoke bomb, but he should.
0: Yeah, but so (laughs) me and Evo did that at the hospital. We leave, all right, right, Evo, I'll talk to you later. Smoke bomb, and then you just turn and walk away, (laughs) which is why for 148 times I've said smoke bomb at the end of this uh, podcast, which is what I'm saying now. Smoke bomb. Yeah, smoke bomb. Smoke bomb. Do you like spooky movies? Hair raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love car business. The horror podcast on the CinePunks podcast
2: network dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Donald. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not so favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. <laughs> Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain.
3: So if we have to suffer through
2: it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products. <laughs>